This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avô tudo bagaite como assim One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up Night Nation? It's conference championship game week First time we've been able to say that in four seasons, I think. On today's show, we recap the absolutely nail-biting, roller coaster of emotion, Cardiac Knights classic, 46-39 win in the final chapter, for now, of the Warren I-4 over to the West against South Florida. That game took years off my life. And also, uh, preview the conference championship game. In New Orleans, which me and Moo are going to, so we call it Moo Orleans. Talk a little bit about also, uh, we got a bunch of coaching changes, so we'll go over that and some other stuff throughout college football. And as always, we've got Money Moo's Picks, Moo's Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, headed west to the Bounce House West a.k.a. Raymond James Stadium, also home to the Tampa Bay Bucks and a Taylor Swift concert for their final meeting with the USF Bulls. The Knights quickly jumped out to a 7-0 lead when John Rice Plumley electrified the home crowd with a 64-yard touchdown run for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Connor Dixon for the closest guest. You have won a $25 gift card to first watch. The Knights' massive 28-0 lead looked like it was insurmountable before a trio of USF touchdowns made it a game again. But in dramatic fashion, the Knights scored with less than 20 seconds left to seal the final war on I-4. UCF 46, the Bulls 39. What a game. Like I said, absolutely took years off my life. Um... Right, let's just go through the game, and then we can kind of go through all the little like nuances and everything. Um, so let's go through the game. This was first it, half. It was like two different games. Okay, so we come out first four possessions, four touchdowns, twenty-eight nothing. Uh, that first one by JRP, the design draw on third and long. It was um, it, it was awesome. What were they? Th- what was USF doing? I, they like, didn't have a spy or anything. They were in like. I don't drop- they like actually thought we were gonna throw the ball. Like, did they not watch any tape on us? But wasn't it also like third and twelve or something? It was. Like, there was, was like nobody. It was like, like third and seventeen yards. I know. In the middle of the field. <laughs> Dude, I don't Unbelievable. know. Unbelievable. That you knew we were like UCF or Gus was just waiting for like a third and long opportunity. Um. To, to call that because he knew like what kind of defense or something they were going to be in but that was awesome um all right <coughs> jeez all right so first four possessions uh four touchdowns you know 28 nothing then we give up a touchdown before the half what do you what are you thinking at this point moo i mean this was our 64 12 moment you know nice loss to the bulls in ray j uh, we were both at that game, 2007, 64 to 12. I'm like, we have not given them a proper beatdown uh, in this in this series, and I thought this was it. It's like we're ready to hang 70 on them. And you know, USF looked like a a one in ten team. You know, their offense was completely inept. Uh, the D was giving up everything. I, I don't think we even tried to pass the ball for. Did we have any passes on like the first two possessions? I think the first two touchdown drives were just run, run, run. I was like, wow, here we go. We just we the, told Gus the, to run the ball. He's running the ball. It's everything's good. The second drive, we had a string of three consecutive passes, but besides that, three passes out of the first nineteen plays. <laughs> And it was just on like a little first down sequence, and he, it was like sack incomplete, incomplete, and then we just ran it on third and long for the first down. Um, a recipe for success. Yeah one one thing to note though is you know I know they they scored before the half, but USF's um, three out of their first four possessions 
ended in turnovers. So it was kind of like the same thing happened in reverse to us in the second half. You know, we go fumble, fumble, touchdown, punt, fumble. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing. It's actually exactly the same. It was just in reverse. We kept giving them the ball back. But so let, let's go through this. We come out, uh, USF fumbles after the half. We get a field goal. And then it's, you know, four con- or f- sorry, five consecutive possessions with a score. And you blink, and next thing you know, we're down 39-38 with the ball, and we fumble again. And that's when I went in full panic mode. Um, what were you – what were your – I can't even talk. I'm still, like, flustered. <laughs> what were you thinking at this point? Like, we're losing, and we don't have the ball. I mean, yeah, I thought it was pretty much it. You, t- you talk about that sequence of events, three and a half minutes – was all that he lapsed off the clock to blow a 24-point lead. The USF touchdown, fumble, touchdown, fumble, touchdown. Three turnovers for the Knights in the second half. And, uh, yeah, I was just – I was floored. I was literally on the floor. I'm just like, again, again, it happened again. You know, because it's pretty late in my, in my house. I know. Yeah, you got a, so the whisper hard, yell. You know, I did, Oh, goodness. And uh, I just kept thinking, like, oh, the trip, the trip. It's like, all you have to do is beat one in 10 USF, and I've already got the go to go to New Orleans with you. I'm like, they're <laughs> going to steal this one from, from me. And, uh, you know, the, I don't know if we, we want to jump to, like, the last drive. To the last drive, I had this little inkling. I was like, you know, USF has been in this position three or four times this year where they've either had the lead late or a chance to win late a la the game against the Gators where yeah. honestly they should have won. Yep. <laughs> they should have won that game. You could say that about and this before, one too. I was like, how are they going to screw this up? I said this in my head, like before the last drive for us, I'm like, how is USF going to screw this up? <laughs> and they did just true I- to themselves I don't, I don't understand like the long, the the long pass by Mikey, you know, to Javon Baker was crazy, and then I still never to this day will understand why we threw that ball to Alec Holler for the final touchdown. Why not? It was third and eight. We, we it's incomplete. We kick a field goal. Yeah, but you put so much risk. It's like Boomer is a freshman kicker. I understand this, but he's. He hasn't missed, you know, I don't even count the 64-yarder because yeah, Gus said yeah. he wasn't trying to snap the ball. That's not his fault. So, yeah. in my book, Boomer's still perfect. That was a chip shot field goal. If anything, just run the ball. Why are we throwing – I mean, obviously, yes, it worked out. It, it was incredible. But why should – why? It looked like a low-risk play, though. Yeah, you know, it was either going to go out of bounds or I—I I don't know. Well, yeah, when it happened, but like the defense could have done something different to where it just yeah, but it was way too much risk. Dude, you kick a, way too much. You kick a field goal, especially with how good their return guy is. Not even counting the fact that we messed up the squib on the final kickoff. They've been getting the ball in decent field position. If we're only up two, that gives them a much better chance of having a game-winning field goal chance. You go for the kill well, shot. Yeah, it it's almost a free free play, third and eight. And yeah, it turns out that it really mattered. Now, obviously, hindsight yeah, twenty twenty, but absolutely right. It turns out that it really mattered because they got down to what the twenty five or thirty yard line, so they really didn't have half to hail Mary. <laughs> Dude, this was just like a normal pass. Just like, and, just I, I mean, you know, you think the game's over when you score a touchdown with twenty seconds left, but it's like, nope, they just had to try and rip our hearts out one last time, and yeah. Yeah, they had on the 31-yard line. Dude, I'm watching this. It all happened so fast. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't I, – I don't I don't think I've still processed it, but what a game, man. And you know what? It doesn't matter. We got the win. We're going to New Orleans. <laughs> I think you're right, too, because – the, the way that this team plays from week to week, it, it's the roller coaster effect, man. Yeah. It's just uh, the highest of highs. You know, 
that three-game tear, Cincy, Tulane, Memphis on the road. Uh, And then, you know, you have games like this or second halves like this and and the The ECU and the the end of Louisville, the whole (laughs) Navy game. It's like I feel like this team – this team could beat anybody and also could be beaten by anybody. That's just how much of a roller coaster this team is. Very true. Is it fun? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like walking on eggshells, though. Interesting stat. Uh, this was tweeted by Christian Simmons at by C.A. Simmons. Good follow. Um, under Gus, the Knights are 8-4 and four in one-score games. Under Hypel, we were 2-7. and seven. So... Right off the bat, I'm like, all right, we have almost double the one-score games and one less season. That means Gus plays a lot of teams closer, and it's good we're losing the close ones, but also there's so many that shouldn't have been close. But um, I don't know. Interesting stat. Yeah, this should not have been close. Um, oh, let's – couple so of completely forgot to, I guess, include this in, like, the game summary. So the benching or sitting out or injury of JRP – um, that obviously had a lot to do with this. The fumbles were fumbles, but I, I just think we would have been able to score a little bit. I, I don't know. What, what did you think about that and Mikey having to come in? I mean, you clearly saw on TV that JRP in that second touchdown, um, the second rushing touchdown he had, was it a touchdown? I think so. Uh, Hold on. Got to go back up. Yeah, I mean, dude, when you're at the game, you don't notice those little things like that. You see him right. kind of run in, and, you know, that's it. And then you, you celebrate. And yeah, so the it was it was the second touchdown. They played it a hundred times. And uh, you definitely could tell he kind of pulled up. Yeah, it was in the second quarter, 20-yard touchdown run to make it 21-0. He kind of pulled up a little bit, and you saw him, like, not really jump real high when he uh, – when he was celebrating everything. Yeah. But then he comes right back uh, the very next um, series. And, you know, he's back in. I don't think he ran the ball, but an eight-play, 53-yard drive and had a nice little, you know, pass. uh, I think that was his pop pass to to O'Keefe for three yards. But still, I mean, he was in. And then I just feel like... You know, USF scored the little touchdown at the end. Here's what I think happened. I think Gus brought in the locker room and was like, look, we need you for Tulane, man. We're up 28-7. Like, Mikey can handle the rest of this game. Just be healthy. I mean, that's right. He didn't take his – he had his helmet on the whole time. Yeah. You know, he was ready to go in. I think he, he definitely wanted to go in. The kid, the kid is super tough. He's a tough kid. And – um you know, I, I think that's that. And then, like, every fumble, they kept sh- showing over to Gus, and he kind of was, like, sh- had this weird smirk on his face. Like, he's laughing, like, this is so dumb. Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish I I, I could have smirked at it. There, were no, there was no smirking in the second half. Even at the end, I was just, like, that was just too much to process. Um, but, yeah, how lucky are we to have Mikey, though? The second half kind of unraveling wasn't his fault it, it was the fumbles but you know we scored touchdowns he you know he led us on two nice touchdown drives and um it's just you know having having a really good backup or an experienced backup is is just so important I mean we wouldn't be in the position we're in without Mikey you know no, absolutely not I think we would have you know possibly three less wins yeah I mean you think about him coming in uh defeating Cincy in the second half, you know the the big win over Tulane, and then coming in the for this game. That's I don't know if you th- you throw Tommy in there as a freshman, he might might you know make some mistakes and stuff. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, we're uh, we're in good shape, but um, yeah, some other things from the game. What do you think about the defense? It seemed like at the beginning of the game, you know, they had everything under control. Uh, then all of a sudden, just like, and I know we were giving him a short field with the fumbles and stuff, but it just seemed like in the second half, we just gave up. Yeah. I don't know if, if these guys were tired. I mean, you know, they, there was a stretch there where, you know, like you said, the three touchdowns within like, I don't know, five minutes or something. I mean, they had to be pretty gassed, but also those touchdown drives were 
short, you know, four, four, and three plays. So, you know, it's a little combination of both. Um, we lost uh, the guy in the targeting penalty, too. That didn't help. I can't remember his name. Uh, that was Kobe Perry. Freaking stupid. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We got the win. Um, you'd like, you know, if we just stop him on one of those drives, you know, we're fine. But you keep giving him the ball back um, without too much rest, and that stuff's kind of going to happen. That it reminds me of some of those hypo, you know, the Memphis, the Tulsa, the Cincinnati were up double digits with like a couple minutes left and we're running, you know, three quick plays, not running any clock. And then the defense has to go back out there. And it's like, I always said, if you keep giving them all these opportunities, eventually they're going to figure out and score. And I think that's kind of what happened, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I mean, it, this game was better than you could have ever imagined. I mean, never in my wildest dreams. If you told me when we were up 28, nothing that USF would be winning the game and we'd have to drive with two minutes left like i'd say you're you're absolutely insane like the chances that yeah. never happens but it did and if, thank god we ended up on the right side of this i mean oh man yeah it was the fifth game in a row for the knights that came down to one score you talked about those one score games yeah. uh ever since ecu you know it's been down to the wire even if we've had, you know, huge leads at the be- beginning. What Tulane, we were up, I think, 28-7. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is <laughs> this is going to be quite the uh, road trip here back to Tulane where we won um, just a few weeks ago, 38-31. And uh, that game, John Rice Plumley was a huge part. Uh, 176 yards, two touchdowns. Um, for Tulane, so or against Tulane, yeah, they they couldn't stop him at all. Um, so hopefully he's healthy this week. You know, obviously we're not going to know till like kickoff, I'm sure, because that's you know that's what Gus does, and it, that's a smart thing to do too. Make him game plan for both. But yeah, I mean they they just they couldn't stop JRP. They they just couldn't stop him. So you'd have to think that they've been able to kind of figure out some kind of scheme you know I think maybe like the Louisville thing where they kind of forced us to throw you'd have to imagine that they're going to try something like that but I don't know you know it we've done it before in their house I'd feel a lot less confident if we were going up to Cincinnati you know um I I don't know but we'll be there (laughs) absolutely got a little bit of coaching carousel news that's right with Tulane head coach Willie Fritz has accepted the job to become head coach at Georgia Tech is that confirmed because uh, he sources I, have said so because uh, I saw basically he, confirmed he he told the team today that he's like no I'm, I'm Tulane's coach but you know I think this is probably exactly what happened with Frost you know uh I, he should just come out and say it and be like I'm I don't know. I guess it's better with no distractions. It, it it works either way, but it is something though, you know. Um, but at the same time, he could be like, "Well, I can't go out and like let these guys down." So he might be like watching extra film and stuff, and really, you know, dumping the playbook out uh, to try and go out with a win. You know, I I don't know. It, it's probably yeah, a good thing. It's I mean, probably I good. Mean, it's probably a good thing for us. It it's not a bad thing. I don't think. Um, but we got to focus on our own game. Got to focus on make sure JRP is healthy because uh, I think he's the biggest uh, piece of this offense and to beating Tulane. You know, he was electric in the game before against them. We've been there before. We brought the fans. Heard it's close to a sellout. Hoping you know UCF fans show up. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, I don't know how you said we have to focus on getting JRP healthy. I, I'll, I'll try my best, man. I'll give him a little massage gun. Well, or you know what I meant. Well, we don't have to do anything. We just have so, to show up. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'd also like to talk about the betting forecast for Ooh. this game because I told everyone last week to save their funds and not take UCF minus 20, even I, though it was looking like free and easy money. In the first quarter, ended up almost outright losing as a 20-point favorite. Wouldn't be the first time. 
Um, so yeah, UCF, uh, I have my projected betting line out first thing Sunday morning. Uh, I have UCF at plus two and a half. Uh, no, three and a half, actually. The current line is plus three, almost right on the money. I'm getting pretty good at this. Uh, so anyway, I cannot give the blessing to bet on UCF this week. Obviously, still just going to be a total degenerate and bet, bet the money line because I always bet the money line when it's UCF and plus the points. For record's sake, we will leave this as a no bet. Does not have the money move blessing, but you are betting it, if I understand, right? Just for fun. Okay. Of course. I mean, we're going to be there. UCF is a dog. Might as well just throw a little. But officially, save your funds. No, um, dude, here's what you do. <laughs> you price out a Cotton Bowl trip. Say it's going to cost 2000 Then you bet that on UCF. And then your trip is free when we win. When we win. Disclaimer, I'm not advocating for this, but... And if we if don't, if you would like to throw some, go on ahead. Now the total is only fifty six. That looks a little more interesting to me. I mean, hmm. if you're looking at our defense uh, against USF, I don't know. You know, Tulane. <laughs> Tulane's going to bring it. You know, Ty J Spears has been having you know a first team season uh, for Tulane. Probably one of the better running backs in the conference, maybe even the country. And uh, they're pissed that we beat them the first time. I'm sure they are. So it, it's really hard to beat a team twice. I mean, look at Memphis all the times that we beat them twice. Like, there was never two easy wins. No, not you even know, there close. Was always, there was always one where, you know, because I know your tendencies, and yeah. especially Gus, I mean, it's not like a hard hand to read there. Yeah, most of the time. definitely. <laughs> Go, going back to Spears real quick. He only had eight carries against us. You got to think they're going to try and get him the ball more for 130 yards, mind you. Um, seven. Well, they were also down most of the game. Yeah, but I still. said 28-7 earlier. We we're they were down 24-7. Okay, big difference. But yeah, um, oh, now I'm scared. All right, let me get, let me get <laughs> get off this guy's stats. He's averaging like always. Be scared. Yeah. No, I, I was scared. Last, I told. Did I not say this the whole year? I was scared of USF. Yeah. Every time they lost, I'm like, they're just getting more upset. <laughs> they're looking at that last game. They're circling it. This is their Super Bowl. And what happened? It, they brought it. it. Yeah. Exactly what you said was going to happen. Still lost. Um, couple other things, real quick. Another coaching change. Luke Fickle. Finally leaves Cincinnati. Thank God. New head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. A lot of people hating on that. Well, mostly because I follow Cincy people and they're like, oh, Wisconsin. Dude, Wisconsin's a great program. A lot of tradition. And, you know, they're in the Big Ten West. Kind of a cakewalk to the conference championship every year. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I think he, so what? He kind of I, I think... It, more money, dude. Way more money. And I think he kind of did all he could at Cincinnati. But... You know, if he starts doing well at Wisconsin, he'll be out of there quick for like Ohio State or whatever. So probably haven't seen the last of him. But um, uh, that's true. I think I think that's eventually where he wants to end up. Yeah, one hundred percent. He that's where he. I think he played there. But here, all right. So how about I think Vic- he coached? He coached under Jim Trestle. That was yeah. He one was saying I did read. He's like an OC. But here's an interesting name to keep an eye on for Cincinnati: Urban Meyer. He played there, obviously has all the Ohio ties. You know this guy can never just sit out of coaching. He's retired so many dang times, and I feel like he, um, you know, it kind of has some unfinished business. You know, he left Ohio State kind of at the top and then kind of ruined everything with the Jags run, but I could see this being a good fit for him to come back. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, Urban Meyer, he he just – he still has the itch. You could tell it, it, this is a guy that's like going to walk away and then come back and then walk away and then come back. That, Does he want to do it? I don't know. Like to me sitting there on Fox sports, like just commentating is, seems like a fun job. Don't really have to do much. I mean, like we've talked before, like head coaching is extremely, you know, demanding job, like 24, seven, 365. Like you've already won a national title. Like, Three. Three, just dude, be we, done. We talked. It. We talked about this last week, though. These guys are just wired differently. 
they're just never satisfied. And that's why they coach and they're good at what they do is because they're just they're just different, man. They're just built different. And that's why I know he Yeah, you're right. The Fox job is awesome, probably pays pretty decent, not much work, fun. Um, but th- these guys are just different. And I don't know. That that would that would be an interesting one though. Um, it would make a lot of sense. We could also rag on him so hard, though. Like, I can't wait for the memes. I almost want it to happen, but there's no doubt that he would. He would be a really, really. He'd be really good there. He's he's won every all right. NFL aside, obviously. I mean, he's won everywhere he was. Like, undisputed, one of the best college coaches ever. So, yeah. And then one other coaching vacancy is USF, obviously. And they tweeted something weird today from their official athletics account they said who's ready for the head coaching announcement and got everyone riled up and now radio silence since so that makes me kind of <laughs> scared though the more i think about it like if this ain't a big name hire then it, it has to be right why would they leave everyone hanging are they still that dumb like you'd think they'd learn they are <laughs> it's probably gonna be some like assistant you've never heard of that may have once been at a Jeff D1 Scott. school or well, something. Yeah. I'm hearing that the the uh, Chadwell or whatever, the Coastal Carolina head coach, is like the front runner. And I think, I mean, he's been a head coach before. You know, that's kind of a, a good sign. You always take a chance when you hire a, an OC because they're going from, you know, they were, they were like the VP of marketing, the CEO of the company, and now they have to look after accounting and, you know, HR and a bunch of stuff they're not used to. Um, and that can be tough. And that, that's what happened to Jeff Scott. You know, he was obviously a good OC at Clemson, but couldn't fit into that head coach or CEO, um, position that well at, at USF. I think he was just in over his head, but anyway, maybe, I don't know. I just hope it's not Dion, but, uh, maybe by the time we're listening, they've announced someone who knows what they're going to do over there to the West. Um, Ooh, couple for- other, co- couple other coaching, uh, changes how about hugh freeze uh getting hired at auburn coming over from liberty willie fritz to georgia tech already talked about that uh former temple and carolina panthers head coach matt rule hired at nebraska that's a that's Uh, a big finally had to say the best for last willie taggart fired at fau oh i didn't (laughs) dude dude, I, i didn't see that at all this guy is a dumpster fire. They should just get Willie back. Dude, that would be the ultimate oh my God. meme. Did the bus. Just taking... Okay, so Willie left for... He left USF for Oregon for one year. They went like 6-6. Six and six. Oh, wait, I forgot they about... Went to dude, Fl- I completely forgot about Oregon. <laughs> then he went to Florida State. Terrible. And then he went to... He couldn't even win an FAU. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... How his, bad is this guy? His best stint was USF, and it's probably just because of Flowers. Go on back. I mean, that would yeah. be epic. Hey, whatever. I mean, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what um, Greg Schiano did with Rutgers. So he went to the Bucks and then back to Rutgers. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, funny thing just tweeted out by Gus. He said, "Happy for my friend Hugh Freeze getting the Auburn job." Uh, that's a special place. You're going to love it. I've also got a couple old sweater vests lying around if you ever need them. Smile emoji. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Old guy jokes. Oh, Gus. Um, every time he tweets, I like read it in his voice in my head. Well, I got a couple. I can't do it out loud, though, but in my head it sounds like him. Got a couple <laughs> sweater vests lying around. All right. <laughs> that sounded like, I don't know, disturbed grandmother or something. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, one other All thing. Right. All right, hold on. Back to the game. I forgot this. So, the holler catch. Insane. I saw it there right in front of me. Well, not right in front of me, but, you know, first person. And I was like, I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think we got lucky that the call on the field was a catch. So, they'd have, you know, need, like, indisputable evidence to overturn it. But, we'll, we'll I don't know. We'll probably never know. I've seen the replay. It was close. But what's the better catch, though? The J.J. Wharton Temple catch or this one? It's got to be the J.J. Wharton catch. I mean, both I mean, were, that was both like were like running, game winning. Both were game winning. Both were one-handed. Both were like you basically had to palm the ball. But the speed that Wharton was running at 
full speed and to be able to stay in bounds and the throw like no no diss on Mikey but that wasn't like that great of a throw well, you know if he was a little lower he he was wide open you know but the throw yeah. by Bortles like come on he got crushed too and i dude <laughs> i thought he was just throwing it out of bounds i think everyone did and then jj just comes out of nowhere the thing with Holler's catch though dude the to be able to turn your body around like that, like I know JJ, he was going full speed, but like then he just had to dive in the same direction. Like to contour your body like, oh man, just thinking about how he had to turn to get that, get his hand up to get that ball, like hurts my obliques. Like I feel like I'd tear something just trying to do that. But uh, no, both great catches. I think JJ is like 1A all-time UCF catch and Holler's 1B. Um the Baker catch was insane too. I I thought there. I'm like, there's no way he caught that. Um, you know the one the one on that final drive. Yeah, that they replayed that a million times, and it it wasn't even close. Like that was a catch yeah. all the way, brother. It's just the way he turned with it. It looked like it kind of popped out, but it didn't. Um, that he also came out of nowhere on that. I was like, "What the f- where the where the heck is Mikey throwing this dangerous throw?" <laughs> he also had, um, I think Harvey like wide open in the flat. But hey, whatever. Not complaining. We won conference championship in New Orleans. Can't wait. Um, we got anything else to clean up here? I think we can head on over to picks. All right, guys. Now it's time for our favorite segment: money moves. Picks of the week. One and one last week, per usual. One horrific loss. Iowa State had them plus nine and a half. I think it was 43 to six. Was <laughs> that? That's pretty bad. I've had one really bad and one really good usually uh, every week. And the really good was my Tulsa outright upset winner plus 12 over Houston. And they were mad about it too. I told you guys, Tulsa hadn't knocked anybody off yet. And this was it. Uh, so you ended up 10 and 10 on the year. Not terrible. Could have been a lot worse. Um, I was always kind of right there around 500. One thing from that game real quick, uh, I want to kind of, I forgot to mention before. So Tulsa beat Houston, which was one of the things that would have had to happen if we weren't in the playoff rankings. Um so that happened, and then also, too, the average of the composite scores with us and Cincy were like .25 spots ahead of them. So all possible scenarios before we were ranked in the college football top 25 actually played out, just, you know, as like an FYI. Uh, so it would have worked out even if we weren't ranked, but we were, so it didn't matter. Already talked about this, but I'll say it again. Championship Saturday, cannot say to give the blessing on the Knights, Again, put as much of money as you want on it. It's the end of the year. Who cares? But officially, <laughs> no bet on UCF. Look at the over, though. Uh, the way defense has been playing, game could get get out, get out of hand. Like, 56 and a half. And gonna, always have your live bets ready. It's going to be like 13 to 10. Watch. We're going to be so <laughs> bored. Now, nah, there's there's no way there's not a ton of points scored. I, I'm with you there. I'm thinking a little over and money line parlay. That's the best way to do it when you're in person. Uh, you know, just you're rooting for points. Oh, so so every two lane touchdown, you can turn to me and go, "Oh, good for the over." Yeah, exactly. It can, <laughs> it's like a little silver lining, and you could justify even a loss at that point. You've got at least something to uh to root for if you know you bet just the over, not the parlay. You'd probably do a combination of all three, maybe some props too. I know they have more stuff available, uh, you know, for the bigger games. Anyway. Um, three, All right, three p.m. On p- to the picks. Three p.m. kickoff. By the way, super clutch. On to the picks. First up, we are going to take Michigan minus sixteen over Purdue. Looks sixteen, a lot of points for Michigan, um, but they just crushed Ohio State. Game was actually a lot closer than the final score, but um, you know, I, I did watch the game, and it just seems like Michigan's way too good, man. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, pretty good defense. Purdue outmatched in every which way. I feel like Michigan, this is just their year. I know a lot of people say that every year, but this seems to be the most complete Michigan team in the last, I don't know, five, ten years. 
Now, Purdue has knocked off a couple top 25 teams this year. However, Michigan just too good. And usually when I take a huge underdog like a Purdue, it I could see this being a, like a 43-6 a la TCU and Iowa State. Uh, so I'll take Michigan minus 16 on their way to the Big Ten title and a playoff spot. It's wild, man. Like Michigan just straight up replaced Ohio State after Ohio State was like their daddy for like, I don't know, the previous seven, eight years. Uh, but it's nice to see other teams in the mix, although we'll start getting sick of Michigan, but definitely not quite yet. I like this pick. I mean, they were clearly the better team against Ohio State. Um, it, you know, it wasn't just fluky. I mean, they kind of dominated the whole game and then pulled away at the end. And yeah, Purdue has some good wins, but I don't, you know, one thing though, Purdue always upsets like a, has like a really, really big upset. I feel like every t- couple years or so. Um, so maybe they're due, but I'll, I'll probably take this bet as well. Um, I mean, there's always, you know, one of these is a horrific loss. <laughs> one of these is a good bet. We're yeah. not sure which one. We'll see. Uh, so we go on to the second one. We're going to roll TCU minus two and a half against Kansas State. Kansas State, two losses on the or three losses on the year, lost to Tulane, uh, and then good. lost to TCU in the previous matchup, 38 28. Kansas State quarterback, Nebraska transfer, Adrian Martinez, big time running back, Deuce Vaughn. It's going against TCU and my fave, Max Dugan. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I I can't get TCU right. Like, they're either good some weeks, not good. But I, after last week, I, I think they put it on They put it on Iowa State. Only two and a half. I could see this as a field goal game. TCU, it's the dream season. I said it last week. It was their dream season, and I didn't think they were going to lose. But this is, uh, this is TCU all the way. Minus two and a half. Horn Frogs win the Big 12 title and go to the playoffs. Dude, it, we've got some different teams this year. Between them, uh, you know, obviously Michigan, Georgia, whatever. But then what do you think happens with that 4-5 spot, though? Because you got two other one-loss teams, Ohio State and USC. But Ohio State's only loss is going to be, you know, possibly 13-0 Michigan. Um, I forget who USC lost to. Um, oh, Utah. Okay, so not a terrible, and it was only by one point. So it'll be interesting to see. I think if USC wins, they're in. I would take that if they win. I would take them over Ohio State. They have. They, I think they have to at this point. I could see how you can make a case for either, but um, yeah, like I said, just just great having some other teams in the mix, and uh, looks like this is shaking out to be another um, three. Dude, has there ever been a college football playoff without? At least one of these teams, Clemson, Bama, no. Ohio State. Dude, I think probably there's been at least two of them every year, for sure. It's happening. This is great. All right, let's recap the picks real quick. We're going to take Michigan, not Michigan State. <laughs> We're going to take Michigan minus 16 over Purdue and TCU minus two and a half against Kansas State. Let's get that money. Bingo. All right, last up, we've got a Moose Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. Um, if you'd like to submit a question, follow me on Twitter at UCF underscore problems, and I tweet out the uh, questions tweet usually on Monday or Tuesday before we record, so just be sure to follow and pay attention. First question from Mr. Dan Cundiff. What has happened to Johnny Richardson? Seems to be the perfect person to use on a slant that has met... For 10, that gains 30. One would think, Dan. One would think, I don't know. I mean, you, you feel like, you know, you, you line up three receivers, right? Javon one side, O'Keefe the other side, maybe Kobe Hudson. And, and, and where's Johnny? Like, you, he should seem to be like that Otis type of guy. We're like... Yep. You put him in the slot and you just get him the ball in space. And they, I think he had a couple carries, but really, I, I just really don't think we're using him in the right way. Uh, yes, I understand it's not Gus's recruit, but he's had to have had a Will Hastings, number one little dude, 
that that he figured out how to use Will Hastings against us in the Peach Bowl, and he slaughtered us, slaughtered us. And I don't understand why they he can't figure out a way to use Johnny, but I don't know. It's the twelfth game of the season now, or thirteenth, and maybe he just isn't going to figure it out. I don't know, and it seems like he's getting used less. I agree. I think he should be used more. Um, it's almost like he's like shadow banned or something. Speaking of Elon, um, I don't know. I I've got absolutely no idea. I wish I did, but I I definitely agree. I wish he was uh, used more. Next question is from UCF guy 23. What do you say to those that say Gus is a bad coach based on the losses this season and almost lost Saturday? Um, I say we are nine and two, and we were not. We were like eighteen and five under Gus. I mean, nine and three. We were nine or no? We were ten and three last year, right? No, we were not. I think we were nine, nine and, four. and four last year. No, we were we were nine and four last year. All right, so eighteen and seven in two seasons. I mean, you can say what you want about play calling or close games or letting them come back, but over time your win loss record is all that matters. And you know, I think especially with how we've improved recruiting year to year, I think we're just gonna keep getting better. Although, you know, going to the Big Twelve might be you know, we might have a six and six, but I don't know. I mean, the record speaks volumes. You can say anything you want about the other stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it is what it is. I think again, the undefeated season spoiled a lot of fans. I mean, a nine and three, nine and four season is pretty damn respectable. Now, should we have lost the games that we lost? Probably not. Should we have won some of the games that we won? Probably not. But um, you know, that's how football works, and. uh I just think at the end of the day, if you left it all out on the field, if there wasn't any, pardon my French, gussing it up moments, um, <laughs> I think you're pretty happy. And at least, at least here, I, I don't think there was any super gus gus up moments. No, except for not trusting in your kicker. <laughs> I, dude, no. Um, here's the way I, the way I look at it. You look at the record. We beat Florida in a bowl game last year, and we control our own destiny to win the conference and go to the freaking Cotton Bowl, which is way more than I expected these two seasons. Let's be real. So I think that says it all, man. You know, I think he's doing a great job. That's what I would say to anyone that says he's not. All right. Next question from Ryan Shield. Do we need to be worried about the performance of the defense the last couple games? Absolutely. Didn't look great what I saw in the second half, but you know that UCF, the roller coaster that they are this year, uh, I could see them coming out and they, if they pitched a shutout against Tulane, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, that that's how this season's been going. Yeah, it, it really has been. Um, just looking here at, at some of these results, um, first six games of the year, the most points we gave up was 20, now, besides Cincinnati, we've given up at least 28 besides Navy. Well, too many besides. I don't know. We're clearly giving up more points, but maybe that means we're due for another 20 or under. Uh, I don't know. It's obviously not good, but, you know, again, when you turn the ball over three straight times in, like, two minutes of possession, you know, defense is going to get worn out. So, I don't know. But, hey, we beat them last time, so not super worried. All right, next. Next question is from Statboy Drew. Did stadium security give you any grief during or after the game? People are asking. <laughs> um, I got yelled at once for standing on my seat doing the first down thing. Like, you know, that's good for another UCF. But I don't know. The, the guy was just like, get down. I was like, all right, I got down. And then that was it, though. The guy still, he, he didn't say anything after that. So I, I think he got it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything excessive. Uh. You know, just being a little hype, man. All right, next one is, oh, this is a good one from Golden Knight Two, longtime listener. Which win versus the Cows was the most frustrating to watch? 2013, 2017, 2021, or 2022? Oh, for me, hands down, oh, I, dude. All four of those are crazy. By the way, hands down for me, it's got to be this one. I mean, we've never blown a 28 point lead like that 
I, I think you what was it? it would have been the biggest comeback in D one it would have been the biggest second half comeback in D one this year. I think they said on oh, TV man. like out of any game. A freaking one in ten team. Not Come good. on. Not good. But think about this though. Like all four of those games basically came down to like the last play, right? Yep. How many times has how many and they were all UCF wins? How many times have we played USF and it ever came down to the last play? There was lost? just that oh eight two thousand eight. Two thousand eight the it. overtime, yeah. Which that That's would have it. been a great upset, but <laughs> That's, it's wild, dude. It's wild. Thank God. Think about losing that four times like, it, on the last play. It must really – dude, that's that's actually crazy when you think about it. This one was the most frustrating. Like you said, we blew a 28-point lead to a 1-10 in 10 team on potentially our last rivalry game with them in the foreseeable future. I don't think I would have ever – I mean, here's the thing. They would have had – unlimited ammo for like the next five years to just keep bringing this huge meltdown up and not not just the rivalry game but the fact that we would have lost our shot at the conference championship and the cotton bowl it was all spoiled by a rival but they're all bad i mean the one the one last year was awful i mean that team that usf team i think was actually worse last year even though they had one more win and i mean they had the ball like the four yard line with the chance to win uh, 2017 was a fun one. I don't think it was frustrating. That was just a good team. 2013 was also frustrating, though. Awesome question. Uh, this next one's from Colby Keating. I only watch UCF football. Are other teams like the Cardiac Knights, or are we special? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, special. Most teams. Yeah, we're we're special, buddy. We're I, real special. It's tough to come. I don't follow anyone else as much, but. I mean, there's a lot of – most teams are, are mediocre. So that means, you know, you get a big win and then you have some letdowns. I don't know if it's as bad as this. I don't know if – I mean, it's 28 points in the second half. Like you said, that would have been one of the worst. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of teams are on roller coasters, but they don't have the results that we end up with somehow despite that. Like 2013 um, – I mean, 17 was different, but – I, I don't know. That, that That's an interesting question. You need to talk to someone. I know there's some people that are like dual college fans because, you know, like one parent went somewhere and they grew up, I don't know, a Clemson fan and then went to UCF, but they're still kind of Clemson fans. It'd be interesting to talk to uh, some like two team people. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I, I, I highly doubt there's any team like us. We're just, <laughs> I mean, UCF is a special place. They just, they don't make... They don't make teams like UCF anywhere else. They just don't. And the run that we've been on since we have been in school, like the 07 <laughs> days, I feel like there's so much back and forth, like incredible wins, terrible losses. Like it's just been one hell of a ride, but we're in a pretty damn good place. And we got to go out there this week, win another conference championship, it, it, send off. To the American. The ultimate send-off. Um, all right, next question from UCF Jaguar. Uh, what was your confidence level in UCF being able to close it out there at the end? I really thought we were toast. <laughs> zero. <laughs> how, how many like utters? Like 0.1. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, thought... I was defeated, deflated, literally on my floor. <laughs> Almost in tears. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And just watching these disgusting green and gold fans just cheering literally haven't cheered whole freaking year whole two years and this this would have been the only thing that they had to grasp onto for the next five freaking years and even when holler made the catch i was like there's no way that's in i'm just not gonna get excited right now because i know they're gonna overturn it then they yeah. did <laughs> oh man it's one for the ages man I mean, was this more exciting than 2017? No, this was no, too. This was no. too painful. It was just pain. It was just pain. <laughs> At least I was back and forth. This was like yeah, that was just a good game. All in on us, and then complete balloon deflation. <laughs> Second half. It was bad, man. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm glad we ended up on the uh, the correct side of history. So, 
All right, next one's from Steve George. When is there going to be another ESPN UCF day? Huh. Um, Great question, by the way. I look at the Jimmy V like auction thing every year, and I they haven't offered a similar thing, so I don't know. But that great reminder: we still need to do our trip to Bristol. Yeah, absolutely. It's been like what two years, three years since COVID. Yeah. COVID ruined it. And they're not going to take this away from us. They're, we're definitely going to Bristol. So yeah, got maybe this upcoming summer or something. Yep. I don't know. We'll pick some, pick some random time. I, I don't know. Everybody at ESPN, unless it's like college game day people or you know really well known people, there's a ton of like. Ink. I don't watch Sports Center that often. I, um, when I do, I don't know the people besides like yeah, Matt Barry. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. So would be kind of interesting but i'm sure there's like people walking around the campus and stuff well, not but. only that it'll just be cool to see the whole place you know but uh i'm oh, sure yeah. i'm sure we'll get to meet i mean the thing said we got to meet i think like i don't remember i think it said we got to meet some personalities for like nfl live or sit in on something i i don't remember it was so long ago but thanks for the reminder i mean that was like that was almost like the exciting part of the, the, the deal. That was like half of it. You know, the other half was the Sorry. UCF day, but like we were, I mean, this is like a, like a childhood dream come true for me and Moo. So we got to, got to follow up with them on that. All right. I don't know if you can answer this, but this is from Casey Stewart. He asks, which potential cotton ball opponents would we be favored against? If any, the only one I've seen is Penn state projected and <laughs> What do you mean I can't answer this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how quickly you can like assemble your lightning numbers. Lightning speed, sir. Lightning speed. So think about this. I looked at a couple of different scenarios um, with us going to the Cotton Bowl. And the Cotton Bowl, obviously, it's an away game, so you have to price that in the points um, as an away game for us because I just feel like there's something so special about the bounce house. That's why I give us so many points. Uh, when we're home and away, we just turn into a different team. What's that going to be? Most of the time, it's going to be neutral, though. I know, but still, it's like yeah. away from us. Yeah, I get what um, you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, right now, I've looked at a lot of different bowl projections. The only team that we would be favored over, and it would be a slight edge, maybe one to two points, would be Washington. Um, all depends on. Will they beat Washington State? Right. Yeah. True. What would we be against Penn I think State? So. Penn State is actually one of the biggest spreads. They they're pretty high in the power ranks. That would be a ten, Oof. be a ten point dog to Penn State. Uh, I've seen Kansas State maybe like a eight or nine point dog. Uh, I've seen Oregon a couple times. That would be like a four five. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really think any other like Alabama Tennessee would be like a fourteen to sixteen point dog i mean it all depends i mean you know also depends on how we play against tulane but when you play in a lot of these one score games where like uh you're not really you know for us to move up really high in the power rankings we would have to surpass our spread right and we're not doing that like if we're if we're favored by seven and we win by 17 you know that's 10 right. points that we covered by um, same thing if we lose, almost lose outright when we're a 20 point favorite to USF, <laughs> it like doesn't have, doesn't help, help us in the power ranks. Nope. So anyway, yeah, more than likely going to be an underdog, but that's okay. I mean, we, we were an underdog in both, um, of our other new year's six bowls, I believe definitely an underdog to Auburn. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, LSU, we were plus seven, seven and a half. Yeah, and obviously uh, Baylor. We bet we the were, house, and we lost by eight. Baylor. We were like fourteen. <laughs> oh yeah, Baylor. Forgot it. Baylor. We were seventeen. Biggest underdog upset in New Year's Six Bowl, I think, ever to this day, still stands. Yeah. So the only reason we lost to LSU was we weren't a double-digit favorite because both other NY six times we were, we won outright. So interesting. All right, let's keep going. You're up. Next question is from UCF Guido. The offense game plan, in general thoughts, my take is Gus overthinks. Use JRP the right way, a la USF game, the first part of the Cincinnati game and the Tulane game, and we win. Question would be, 
do we have to come up with some new surprising strategy to beat Tulane? Also, what's your guys ta- what's your guys take on our special teams the last two years, particularly coverage and return teams? I believe they mo- might be the most underrated biggest concerns. Wait, so underrated biggest concern? Underrated that means concern. Like- it means you should be con- more concerned. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's start from the end and work backwards. Um. I think coverage has been all right. I mean, you know, special teams, we talk about that kick at the end. It was supposed to be a squib. You just mishit it. But, I mean, those are just mistakes that you can't be making. Um, You know, when they've got a good return guy, there's not much you can do. But, you know, the most important thing is your kick game. And the kick game has been great. So, I, you know, I think special teams are on the up and up. New strategy to beat Tulane. I mean, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But... I think Tulane is going to come out and really, really try and force us to throw the ball. I mean, if they don't do that, then they're stupid because we ran all over them last game. In which case, I hope we have a plan to counter that. You'd like to think we would. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Moo? Yeah, I don't know. I I think we just do what we did the first time. If they can stop it, then we have a plan B if they can't just keep on rolling with running the ball look things good things happen when we run the ball we saw it in the first half we didn't have to get away with that with Mikey but for some reason we did turnovers obviously didn't help Uh, you know keys all the keys for a disaster we got away with the win win and we're in and we're going to Tulane and we're going to win Bingo. Nailed it. Let's go. All right. Next one is from Holy Holler. What are we calling the Alec Holler play, and how does it rank alongside J.J. Wharton's catch and Hale Perryman? Uh, well, I mean, Holy Holler isn't, isn't a bad one. That's this guy's Twitter name, um, NightFanAdam, at NightFanAdam. Um, I don't know, the Holler one-hander? Or, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that that's a good question. You I like holy that? holler. Yeah, ho- I like ho- holy holler. Holy holler, it is. <laughs> Sign seal delivered. All right, next one from UCF Uni Tracker. Why can't we just have a nice normal game, especially against USF? Seventeen, twenty-one, and twenty-two have taken years off my life. Well, that's what rivalry week is. I mean, dumb teams end up coming up and winning. It just happens. Like, dude, Mississippi State sucks, and they came and beat Ole Miss like in the Egg Bowl like (laughs) Auburn has beaten Alabama to keep them out of the playoffs or keep them out of the SEC title game Clemson horrible Florida State teams have beaten Florida horrible Florida teams have beaten Florida State Clemson losing (laughs) like that's what a rivalry week is doesn't matter how bad your season has sucked doesn't matter how bad your rivals or how good your rivals have been Anything can happen on Rivalry Weekend. Yeah, exactly. And um, speaking of Rivalry Weekend, I forgot to mention this before, but we won't be playing USF anymore. So in my opinion, I think Cincy is going to be, it should be our new Rivalry game at the end of every season. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Someone asked on Twitter what that game could potentially be called. Moo, did you have any ideas? No, but I'd like to steal one from a guy don't remember his, his handle but i like the the american something i don't know the, you know because we were in uh we were the only two good teams really in the american the whole time it was in existence and uh i don't know maybe usf can be the american kings now but yeah i like the american rivalry or like something to do with like the revolution or something since it's the american i don't know oh yeah i like that um you could just pick up Pick out some like um, I don't know, like legendary Revolutionary War place or something like that. Um, I'm trying to find the dang tweet because there were some good responses. Just nothing. I feel like the chili thing is so overplayed. Oh, it's just a. It was just a joke. Hold <laughs> on, let me let me find this damn. All right, here we go. Um, all right, so I, I had a couple ideas. I said the the Skyline Mickey Bowl, obviously, uh, just a joke, or the War on I seventy five. Via I-4, because that's how you get to Cincinnati. Also a joke. Um, let's see. The blackout. Oh, I like this one. The blackout battle. And now that's not my idea. But my idea is 
the winner gets to wear all black to the game next year. Wouldn't that be cool? Because they we both have blackout uniforms. Yeah, but I feel like whoever is the home team, that's always their no, like this super is, blackout game. This is the deal, though. That's the deal. We get to steal it if we win. Moo does not like. Okay, uh, let's read some more. Someone said the UCF doesn't have a natty bowl, and then someone replied, "I like the Cincy doesn't have a major bowl win better." Very good. Uh, Put that on a trophy. Yeah. Right. All right. We get, we got to keep. All right, going. Yeah, Last keep, question. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Last question, real quick, from another Steve George. Bro, why did you delete your video with the holler catch live commentary? That content was great. We need more of that. I didn't. I did not see that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't delete. Is he talking about me? I had no video. I think he's talking about me. Oh, I think. There was a video. Yeah, you can't hear it, but it's playing right now through the microphone. I'm just letting it play. Oh man. <laughs> Dude, that's great. You yeah. have no voice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um <laughs> I got I'll, I'll put it back up, whatever. Uh um, all right. Let's wrap this up. Um oh, interesting stat that I forgot to mention earlier. So obviously it's the end of the American conference. Um, the only team we're not at least 500 against is Tulsa, one and four. Just a little interesting um, stat Ouch. that I noticed. But it's, it's pretty cool though. If you're only, if you're you know over 500 against everyone but one team, that's pretty dang good. Funny thing is Louisville is one of those teams we're actually one and zero against them in conference play. The other two don't count because uh, then they they went to the ACC. Um, what else you got? New Orleans trip, going to be epic. Your dad coming, by the way, Ronald. Ronald. Ron and Sean. First UCF two-lane game. So it should be fun flying out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, super early flight Saturday. So we'll be there plenty of time for the kickoff. I don't know. Never been to New Orleans. I know you've been there many a times. Um, so you got to be my little tour guide. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. We're, we're going to do a lot in those two days. Cannot wait for the 6.30 a.m. flight home. Um, oh. Well, it was either that or leave Sunday, which, I mean, would be fine, but might as well stay. The extra would suck either way. Uh, and then we'd be Good back. Good thing we splurge for the first-class tickets, though. Yeah, definitely. Spirit. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the big front seat. Those yeah, I looked it up on YouTube. It was basically first-class. Dude, they're awesome. I've done that before. It's not that much. Um, spirit seats are not comfortable. They don't recline. They're like little no. folding chairs, dude. Um, but the big front seats are awesome, and that was definitely worth like, like an extra seventy bucks or whatever. I, actually, I think half the ticket price was just like the big front seat upgrade. So luckily, it was more. The, <laughs> it wasn't really the upgrade cost more than the flight. Hey, whatever, worth it. Um, but dude, after we left Pittsburgh, the like five a.m. <laughs> Pittsburgh flight back to Fort Lauderdale and that spirit seat. I said never. That was again. Frontier, but yeah, I think. Was it? No. I don't know. I it don't... was definitely spirit. Yeah. Anyway. That's weird. Like Allegiant, I can fit on for whatever reason. I just flew Allegiant a couple months ago. That was fine. And after yeah. all the things I've heard bad about Allegiant, like. Allegiant's not bad. It wasn't bad, but spirit, not good. No, and their their planes are like new, and they made the seats even smaller. They them and Frontier have like by like they just have to fit in one extra row to charge people like you know fifty bucks. I don't know, doesn't make sense. But we'll be going direct to um, New Orleans. That'll be good. Um, oh, Tristan Hill had a nice tackle for loss for his new team, the Cardinals. I don't think we talked about it, but he got cut by the Cowboys. Didn't clear waivers though. You know, some demand for the big man. And uh, it's good to see him, you know, get some playing time in his new home. I, he was just kind of buried on the depth chart in Dallas. It's not even the same coaching staff that drafted him. You know, that that can always um, kind of hurt you a little bit. And, uh, you know, because it's like you're not someone's recruit. It's kind of the NFL version of, of that. But he's got a new home, and it's cool to see him get some playing time. 
he looked uh he just looked funny in like the the bright red jersey i don't it's just weird because you know used to seeing him in like neutral dallas or, or like black and gold ucf and this was just a big difference B- big jolly old red guy out there but um he had a nice tackle for loss i tweeted the video out today also former ucf wide receiver brandon johnson getting into the end zone for his first nfl touchdown letting russ cook out there in denver <laughs> it was his only touchdown pass yeah. the, dude they suck game. man they suck but uh yeah, congrats to uh, Brandon Johnson. It's cool. I mean, uh, undrafted. Anytime an undrafted rookie, um, you know, gets into an NFL game and, and scores a touchdown, it's uh, it's great. Pretty neat. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah New if, you, if you guys are going, hit us up. You know, you know my Twitter moves at Money Moo, UCF. No more projected betting line. Well, no, you'll have the projected bowl line, I guess, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Duh, duh. All right, yeah. Hit us up if you're going to New Orleans. We'll we'll get a meetup or something. I'm sure there'll be something by UCF put on, but uh, we'll be there Saturday morning. So I can't wait, man. Moo Orleans. Let's go. I'll see you there, Moo. Go Knights. Charge on. Don't make nature.